You're listening to the Whole Vineyard Podcast. To find out more about the Whole Vineyard Church, go to wholevineyard.co.uk. Good morning, you out there. Good morning. Good morning on the top shelf. Welcome. We haven't forgotten about you. We love you. So good to have you all here. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Josh. I have the privilege of being one of the pastors here, and it is so good to be with you. We are, as Rachel shared, in a month of prayer. Now, at the end of this month, we are not stopping praying. In fact, everything we're doing during this month is to build in our community a culture of prayer which will last throughout the years and throughout our entire lives. Everything we're doing as a community this month is bent towards building a culture of prayer and helping us as followers and apprentices of Jesus to discover afresh the power and the purpose and the potency of this thing called prayer. And last week I kicked off the series with a message called An Invitation to Pray. And last week we looked at the life of Jesus and we looked at how prayer was completely central to everything that Jesus did and how he lived. His life with God was almost like a dance. He would withdraw from the public space into the private place. He would withdraw to lonely places and spend time alone with his heavenly father. And then he would return and he would minister and he would see the kingdom of God breaking in and then he would withdraw most of the time first thing in the morning to lonely places, to be alone with God. And then he would return. There was a rhythm to the life of Jesus. There was a pattern to how he prayed. So often we want the successful public life without being willing to cultivate what goes on between us and God behind closed doors. That's what we looked at last week. And today I want to get into the nitty gritty of how we pray. How do we pray? What do we say? Where do we start? Who are we praying to? These are big questions. Just before Christmas, I was reminded um, but how we need to return and relearn what it means to prayer. I was having a meeting with a student and... Um, a student, we'd finished our, our kind of pastoral chat, and at the end he said, I've got one more question for you. I said, great, let's, let's talk about it. He said, um, how do you pray? And I said, uh, what do you mean, how do I pray? And he was like, well, what do you say when you pray? And, and I just began to share a little bit about prayer being a conversation with God and just talk and share your heart. And I said, how do you pray? And he said, well, I've grown up in a very strict religious background and I've been taught these kind of strict prayers. And he said, I've never prayed anything that I've not had in front of me to read. I've never talked to God. I thought it was fascinating. I said, well, let's start the journey today. And, um, and we prayed. It reminded me or, or taught me in that moment that actually we need to relearn what it means to be people of prayer. So if you've got a Bible, why don't you turn to Matthew chapter 6. If you don't have a Bible, you can run and get one from the back. We've got a selection of um, Bibles that you can um, read. We are going to be reading Matthew chapter 6 from verse 9. If you don't have a Bible, then the words will be on the screen. No worries. Um, This is arguably the most famous teaching in human history on prayer. It's teaching that is often very familiar to us if we've grown up in the church. I want us to go carefully through it and explore what Jesus is saying. This is Jesus speaking. And verse 9, this is what he says. This then 
is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. It's a mic drop moment there. Now what I want to do this morning is just work through the passage line by line. We'll probably get about halfway through. And we are going to ask as a community Jesus to teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. If you're making notes in your new prayer journal, then the sermon's title for today is Teach Us to Pray. Now, this may be your first time ever in church. It may be that you've been in church your entire life, every single Sunday. But let me just say this. In the kingdom of God, we're all beginners. There is so much to learn and discover and relearn. And actually, I think God wants to take every one of us on a journey of prayer. So before I crack on, why don't we pray? I thought that was a really good novel thing to do before we start. Father, we thank you so much for the moments that we share. Would you teach us to pray? Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. We want to know you, God, more closely. We want to see you more clearly. We want to experience you. We want to have fellowship, communion with you, God. Teach us to pray. Pour your spirit out upon us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 9 says this, This then is how you should pray. As I said, this is probably the most famous teaching in human history on prayer. Jesus is hanging out with his disciples, his apprentices, and he's teaching them how to pray. Remember last week we defined prayer as simply talking with God, not talking at God or to God, but talking with God. He's teaching them how to approach God, how to pray in such a way that things happen. And our reality bends to the purposes of heaven. Notice Jesus doesn't say this is what you must always pray. This prayer is not designed to become a religious routine, though it is really helpful sometimes to just repeat it and meditate on it. It's not designed to be a repetitive ritual. This prayer was designed to be a framework, a a blueprint, a structure almost to teach us how we pray. And it's a really simple prayer, isn't it? Did anyone learn this in primary school? I learned it in primary school and I learned it with the word trespasses. Anyone? Forgive us our trespasses. I remember thinking, I don't know what that is, but I must have done something wrong. It's so simple. In the original language that Jesus was speaking, it rhymed. So Jesus was teaching his apprentices a poem. The Archbishop Justin Welby says this, The Lord's Prayer is simple enough to be memorized by small children and yet profound enough to sustain a whole lifetime of prayer. This then is how you should pray. Here is where it starts. Our Father. Let's just hang there for a moment. Our Father. A.W. Tozer says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. What we believe about God radically impacts how we pray. I wonder how you imagine God as you are praying to him. 
I wonder how you imagine God is looking at you, the, the, the look on his face when you are talking with him. Most of my life, if I would have imagined God, God's face looking at me, he, he would be doing something like this. <laughs> like, Josh, what are you doing? Like, are you crazy? Some of us view God as a dictator who withholds from us who controls us, who is fickle and unloving, who's angry and and far away, who's impatient possibly or, or harsh with us, who's waiting for us to fail. Pete Gregg in his brilliant book, How to Pray, which we've got in the bookshop, says this, I've come to the conclusion that most people's biggest problem with prayer is God. They envision him scowling, perpetually disapproving, invariably disappointed, and needing to be placated or persuaded in prayer. How we view God changes how we pray. Jesus says, this is where you start. Our Father. Our Father. Now, do I have a baby somewhere? Do I have a baby? So I, I, I thought I'd bring my child in to give a bit of an illustration Hi, she's dressed like a penguin. Can you say hi? Now, I want you to know, this could go one of two ways. It could go horribly wrong, and Rach must, might need to come get her. Jesus said, our Father. Let me say that this position that I'm in with Ivy, who's 15 months, last week I said she was 15, She's very undeveloped for a 15 <laughs> This is my favorite thing in the world. There's a closeness here. There's a tenderness. There's an intimacy from just being with my child. Ivy, as adorable as she is, doesn't bring a whole lot to the table. <laughs> I was rehearsing this last night, and Hannah was like, looked at me, and she went, you're snaking our child, aren't you? I said, no, she's adorable. I was just joking. But nothing brings me more joy than just being like this because I'm her father. I'm her dad. And Jesus wants to view our times of prayer like this. In our father's arms, in a place of intimacy and nearness with our heavenly father. Prayer is more than presenting a list of requests from a distance. It's more than five ways we want God just to meet our need today, although that is important, it will come on to that. Prayer is about starting here, our Father. The reality is for probably many of us, calling God our Father carries with it a lot of significant baggage, even difficulty. Maybe your earthly father has caused significant amounts of pain, even abuse or neglect growing up and the wounds still feel very present. For some, it was that our earthly father was just hard to please and we were always striving and fighting for his affection which felt like it never came. For some, it was that our fathers were emotionally distant, that we longed for, okay, she's done. Uh, (laughs) Say bye. 
For some, it was that our fathers were emotionally distant, absent, and, and we longed for closeness. And that never came. And so often what we do is we place the tracing paper of our earthly fathers over God and say, if, if I have to call God Father, then that is what he must be like, controlling, manipulative, hard to please, dismissive, distant. For some of us, God is like that. He enjoys withholding things from us. Now, if our view of our Father and, and God is like that, I can completely understand why prayer is a battle, why there's a reticence or a reluctance to draw near to God in prayer and to let our walls down and to invite Him in. And if your view of God as Father carries with it baggage and pain, I want to encourage you to begin a journey of healing. Find someone in your life that you can talk to, maybe a home group leader. Uh, if you're not in a home group, join a home group. Just get into a safe space where you can process these deep hurts because God wants to bring healing in that situation. And the reality is, guys, the good news is that God is nothing like any of those things. He is good. He is kind and he is near. He delights in our presence and he longs for intimacy with us. He loves it when we ask for things from him because he's a good father who takes great joy in giving gifts to his kids. He isn't like a God who is, loves us one day and is angry the next, like he loves me, he loves me not, he loves me, he loves me not. He's relentlessly and passionately in love with you. He has a plan for your life. He's a father whose arms are flung wide, who pursues us, doesn't wait for us to come to him. He pursues us with a love that is ferocious and extravagant. No matter what we've done, no matter what sins we've committed, how much we've messed up, the prayer itself doesn't change. Notice Jesus gives us one model for prayer. He doesn't say, hey, when you've been a good boy, you can approach God and say, our Father in heaven. But when you've messed up, you need to change the prayer and you need to start by saying sorry and repentance and I'm not worthy. No, no, no. He says, every prayer you can approach God and say, Dad, whether you're in a great place or whether you're struggling, he's our father. He longs to bless us. He's always pleased to see you. He loves you, but he actually likes you as well. He's on your side. The words our father speaks to who God is, but it also speaks to an identity that as followers of, of God, we, we carry and we can walk in. We approach God as kids, so we can be completely honest. We hold nothing back. We can ask for anything. We approach communion with the Lord, not as orphans operating in scarcity, but as children of the Most High God who made heaven and earth with unending resources. There's a boldness to this. There's a confidence. We can approach the throne of heaven with an audacious faith to call him Father, not because of anything we've done, but because of Jesus, because of Jesus, because of the blood that Jesus shed on the cross. He gives us his sonship, his inheritance, his identity. He took on himself our distance from God. So we start in, by calling God our Father. When we view him as that, it changes how we pray. Secondly, in heaven, our Father in heaven. Jesus says, I want you to pray to your Father in heaven. Now, in the original language, the word heaven in there is plural. So the actual translation for this is our Father in the heavens. 
our Father in the heavens. Another word for heavens can also be translated as sky or air. Jesus says, pray to our Father in the air. I wonder what that means. Well, when I think of God in heaven, as much as most of the time I think of God seated on the throne, ruling and reigning sovereign over all things, I think that's incredibly valid. But often when we think of our God in heaven, we're thinking of a God who is over there. He's in another place. I'm sending my prayers to him. And subtly, maybe even subconsciously, this can reinforce a view of God that isn't here but a God that is over there and far off and distant. And actually, that's not what's happening here. Jesus says, I want you to pray, our Father in the heavens, our Father in the air. Where is the air? It is here. The air is all around us. Most of the time, we are unaware of its presence, but we are surrounded by it. When we pray, our Father in the heavens, we are turning our mind to the reality that God is a good Father, who is more present here and now than I realize. Our Father who is closer than the air I'm breathing. Our Father who is here now, present by His Spirit. He is all around us. He is within us. He is always moving. He is always speaking. He's closer than our skin, even our own thoughts. God is present at a subatomic level. He knows us more than we know ourselves. He is close, personal, and loves us. Some of you need to hear hear this, sorry. Maybe you've been praying, and you just imagine a God who is far away, and and your prayers just go to the bottom of a very long list. You need to know that he's here. Our Father who is present right here, right now. And Jesus said, hallowed be your name. This is worship. Hallowed be your name. Now, I don't know about you, but often my prayers start with our Father in heaven and then move straight down to give us today what I need. Anyone else? I just jump right down like God is often a Slot machine that I turn up to and pray my, pray my most common prayer, which I'm pretty sure is Lord help, or Lord, what do I do now? Anyone else? Those two. Yeah, that's, maybe it's just me. Now, there's absolutely a place for that, but notice how asking God for anything doesn't come until halfway down the prayer Jesus gives us. He says, once you've established that God is your Father who loves you, who is present with you right here, right now, I want you to worship. Hallow his name. I love this quote from Tim Keller, pastor in the States, wrote in his book on prayer. To hallow God's name is to have a heart of grateful joy toward God and even more, a wondrous sense of his beauty. Consider how different this is to the normal way we use prayer to get things. We may believe in God, but our deepest hopes and happiness reside in things, as in how successful we are or in our social relationships. We therefore pray mainly when our career or finances are in trouble or when some relationship or social status is in jeopardy. When life is going smoothly, our truest heart treasures seem safe. It does not occur to us to pray. Anyone been there? 
Seldom or never do we spend sustained time adoring and praising God. We know God is there, but we tend to see him as a means through which we get things to make us happy. Challenging. Prayer can often be something we use to get God to do what we want. He's not a slot machine. He's a father that longs for us. And when we begin with worship, which is why we do on a Sunday, when Sarah read that psalm today, it just felt like all of a sudden uh, this became not about us. It became about him. When we worship, we lift our eyes from our problems and we fix them on God. And here is the power of prayer. Prayer doesn't always fix the problem, but prayer always fixes our perspective of the problem. Prayer doesn't always change the situation, but it always changes us. Prayer lifts our gaze from the pain or the struggle or the trial in front of us and places it on him who is able to do immeasurably more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. When we pray, we position ourselves in a place of encounter with God, not just posting request through a letterbox, but God, I want to meet with you in a place of intimacy. We adopt a posture of worship, of adoration, of surrender, and it becomes about him instead of about us. When we start with worship, we put God in his rightful place. We choose to lay down just for a moment our needs and our wants and our desires. We refuse to use God as a means to an end and instead let God be God. Worship it is transformational. It's life-changing. One of my favorite authors is a Catholic author called Henry Nguyen, and um, he's a remarkable guy. And um, once he was going through a really tough season of his life, so he spent some time with Mother Teresa, and he said to Mother Teresa, he was there for spiritual direction, he said, Mother Teresa, um, I don't know if people just called her Mother Teresa or just Teresa, I'm not sure. Teresa, um, no, Mother Teresa, um, help, he basically said to her, what do I do? Uh, And Mother Teresa said, I want you to spend one hour each day adoring the Lord and don't do anything you know is wrong. You do that, you'll be fine. I love the simplicity of that. That's the power in just simply worshiping God, hallowed be your name. And then Jesus says, now here's where we get to make a difference. Pray your kingdom come. Your kingdom come in hull as it is in heaven. Think about those words. As it is in heaven, so it should be here on earth. Jesus wants us to know that as we pray, things can change. This is life-changing stuff. This is a spiritual reality, more an invitation to pray in such a way that our broken world is invaded with God's good kingdom. Our present is permeated by the future. Our painful, fractured reality is overtaken and overwhelmed by the perfect rule and reign of God. Our prayers bring this about. Most of us don't believe that that's true. Your kingdom come, Jesus says, on earth as it is in heaven. Let me ask you, what's heaven like? In heaven, there's no sickness. There's no suffering. 
There's no poverty, there's no injustice, there's no mental illness, there's no abuse, there's no cancer, there's no tears or pain or fear. When we pray your kingdom come, we are inviting the future reality to break into the here and now. Jesus is saying that one of the main ways that the kingdom of God comes on earth as it is in heaven is through prayer. Guys, if we long to see our lives and our city invaded by heaven, if we yearn to see the kingdom of heaven present in every home, in every street, in every body and mind and even bank account, if we want to see the kingdom of God come, we have to be a people that pray. John Mark Comer, the author, says this, your prayers change reality. The very simple idea that Jesus had is that when we pray or if we pray, some things happen. And if we don't pray, some of those things don't happen. Here's what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying that our words and our thoughts and our declarations and our prayers are pregnant with the potential to release heaven upon earth to mobilize the angelic, to shift atmospheres, to restore bodies and minds, to prepare the spiritual soil of our world for a move of God. Your prayers usher heaven into earth. Your prayers are a magnet for the inbreaking of the supernatural. Your prayers are conduits for the power of the kingdom. Your prayers have power. What would it look like if we took this seriously? That when we pray, a situation that was headed for death can be diverted. When we pray, miracles can happen. When we pray, things can change. And our family members who maybe have resisted the gospel for decades can have their hearts softened. And the pain from the past can be healed and resolved. The relationship breakdown that we've experienced, the family split can be restored and reconciled. A broken leg can be miraculously healed. The demonic voices in our head can be silenced. Addiction can be broken. This is the invitation that Jesus gives us. Pray, and this stuff can happen. I thought that was a bit exciting. <laughs> Prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful. I wonder if we take it seriously that God's kingdom can come. I want to do something completely off script now. Just, just sensing the Lord wants to do something and might go horribly, horribly wrong. But um, man, if we, if we don't practice what we preach, what good is it? All I want you to do is if you need breakthrough, maybe you're sick, maybe you know someone that's sick, stand in the gap for them. Maybe you need, maybe you've got a heart for justice in a specific area. Maybe you, you've been struggling with anxiety or worry. All I want you to do is just stand. We're going to pray for you just now. It's going to be, take a brave moment to see if you want prayer. It might, everyone might be 100%. Oh, we've got one or two. I was going to say everyone might be completely fine, but I imagine there's people here who need a touch from God today. So if you just want to stand and do that now. Thank you. Wow. Thank you. Okay, what we're going to do is we're just going to pray. Um, I'd love it if you are 
part of our community and just stand just around them? Would, would you stand as like brothers and sisters and friends? And uh, I'm hoping everyone's happy to be prayed for. Is that, that's okay, right? Just ask them. <laughs> um, now, if, if the people who are receiving prayer would like to share, they don't have to, and that's absolutely fine. But why don't you gather around and just find out what their name is and just ask them if there's something that they would like specific prayer for. If they don't want to say, that's absolutely fine. Sometimes these are, you know, um, tender, confidential moments. But let's just, let's just gather around. Is there anyone that's not being prayed for that wants prayer? We're just going to pray. Now, once you've worked out what you want to pray for, invite the presence of the Lord. Just say, Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. This is not about us having the best kind of prayers. It's about the Holy Spirit moving. It's about us partnering with heaven. So come, Holy Spirit, right now upon every single person that needs breakthrough. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. For anyone that needs healing right now, we just say be healed in the name of Jesus. Pain leave in the name of Jesus. Come, Holy Spirit. I pray, Father, you would release healing power this morning, that you would pour out your spirit for, for anxiety, God, meet, meet them where they are, bring peace. Where there's addiction, bring freedom. Where there's conflict, bring resolution. I pray for supernatural power in Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. More, Lord. More, more power. Pour out your spirit in Jesus' name. Come, Holy Spirit. Take authority when you're praying. Take authority over the situation or the, um, the sickness. In G- pray in Jesus' name. He, he carries the power, not us. If you're being prayed for, just just be ready to receive. Just open your heart. Welcome him. Come, Holy Spirit. Let it come. Let it come. Thank you, Lord. Now, you, if, you're, if you're being healed for something physical, you may want to just test it out. It's good to, to see if anything's happened. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. 
And even if you're not being prayed for, just see the Lord meeting with you in your seats. Come, Lord. If there's anything that's changed or, or anyone feels better or you know, you've tried something, part of your body which has hurt before and it's better, just wait, wave a hand. It might just let us know. It's always good to celebrate. Obviously, some things we can't tell for a while. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. What's happening? If you finish, you may just want to sit down. If you're not done, that's fine. We're just going to carry on. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom come. And then Jesus says, let your will be done. I think this is an important line. I think it's probably the the most frustrating line in the prayer. Because most of the time we want our will to be done. And I think it's important to say that I think we need to approach prayer with a new level of expectation that God is going to move. But at the same time, we experience the reality that things don't always happen as we want them to when we pray. Maybe you've been here and you've been praying for something, for breakthrough in an area for your entire life. It's important to address that. Jesus said, pray, your will be done. And here we find the mystery and the gap. We find the tension of prayer and the tension of life in the kingdom. Sometimes we pray and we see breakthrough. Sometimes we pray and we don't. Sometimes we pray and we see healing and sometimes we pray and we don't. And the reality of the kingdom is that while Jesus said the kingdom has come, He also said the kingdom is still coming. And he also said the kingdom is yet to come. And he also said the kingdom has not yet come. There will come a day when the fullness of God's rule and reign will be manifest here on earth. And all of heaven will renew and remake all of earth. When every tear is wiped away, when death is no more. Right now we live in in between. We live in the gap. There's a... A moment we pray and we see the kingdom coming, but there's also a time when we pray and weep 
and we don't. Now, I think just to finish on this, we need two responses to this. Firstly, we as a community don't let our earthly experiences define our heavenly expectation. We refuse to do that. So we are people of the kingdom and our expectation is that God is moving and the kingdom of God will come. Regardless of what we do or don't see, we must persist in praying the kingdom of God here in our time. And actually, I believe as we do that, as we're faithful and faith-filled in praying for people, for our city, regardless of what our external circumstances say, I believe the kingdom of God will come in greater measure. God loves obedience. Without faith, it's impossible to please God, it says in Hebrews. So we persevere in prayer, but we also live with surrender. We also live with a posture of God your will be done, open hands and open hearts, a radical dependence in the face of the reality of pain and suffering. I think John, our senior pastor, spoke on this a while back about having a good, robust theology of suffering in that it is to be expected in life in the kingdom. It is to be expected in life. Read the Bible. It's through most pages. They'll see a breakthrough and they'll experience suffering. They'll see remarkable healing and angelic visitation and the, you know, Timothy will be suffering with stomach pains and cramps and Paul is like, have a bit of wine to make it feel better. That actually happens. We need a good, robust theology uh, that suffering is to be expected but also so is the constant, relentless, earth-shattering, life-changing, in-breaking of God's good kingdom. And that is what we pray for. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Hall Vineyard Podcast. We would love to connect with you and welcome you home to church. To find out more, go to hallvineyard.co.uk forward slash connect. And stay up to date with all that is going on in the life of our church. Go to hallvineyard.co.uk forward slash church news and sign up for our weekly mailing. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you soon.